All right. Hey, well, we are so glad um, that you have joined us here this morning. And if you're joining us online, a special welcome to you this morning. We're so glad you're a part of our service. Now, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name's Michael, and I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And it's always an honor and a privilege for me to be able to share. And um, Many of you uh, still have asked, because we've been here for about three years, my family and I, and we came from the Chicago area, and some people still ask me, Michael, who's your wife and who are your kids? And so I brought a picture of them this morning, um, just so that you can see them if you see them in the hallway. Um, Linnell is the redhead on the end, um, and I like her a lot. Um, (laughs) She is very special to me. So anyway, but that's Linnell, and uh, she's amazing, she's beautiful, and she definitely is my better half. And then our oldest daughter, Abigail, um, she is 16, and she's going to be a senior this year. Um, And I can't believe it, and I know parents, you know this, um, the days are long, but the years are short. Uh, And I remember dropping her off at kindergarten for the very first time. I remember that day and what she was wearing and what she looked like. And I was crying. Um, And but now she's going to be a senior this coming year. And then Malachi is um, our middle child. He's our son. And Malachi plays the drums, the guitar, the bass, the piano. Uh, If you play an instrument in his hand and let him mess around with it for long enough, he'll start to play it. Um, And he's the only other boy in the house. So me and him are are like this. We're like peas and carrots, okay? And then Liliana, she's our youngest. Now, we call her our social butterfly, um, and that's because she doesn't know a stranger. Um, We've tried to teach her stranger danger, uh, but she doesn't listen. So if you haven't had a chance to meet her yet, you probably uh, just give her a few minutes and she'll meet you. Um, But she is an incredible young lady, and this year, She actually was in a speech meet for the school, um, and she placed third in her category in our area slash region. Um, And so I asked Lily, and she was extremely nervous, but I convinced her uh, with lots of quick trip drinks and lots of gift cards um, to say, Lily, will you share your speech with the church this morning? Because it kind of leads up to what I want us to look at in the scriptures this morning. So to help Lily come up, can you guys give her a hand as she comes this morning? Lily. All right, you got this. All right, go ahead. The little plant. Away on the edge of a forest stood a little plant, only a few inches tall. But the ground around it was so cold and hard that the plant could not grow. Instead, it had feebly stood there for several years and had grown weaker. Grow and be beautiful, said the forest sternly, but the plant did not grow. Don't you want to grow, said the magpie. And then he began to tell the little thing how lazy and useless it was. But the words went in one ear and out the other. Still, the plant did not grow. I will teach you to obey, roared the wind and lashed the poor twig with its cold wings. So it came close to dying instead of springing up. You will surely grow, poor little thing, said the sun kindly, and poured warm spring rain from the sky and warmed up the earth around the plant. Then the little twig shot up and became a beautiful tree with a leafy crown and fragrant blossoms. Awesome, Ray. You're awesome. Great job, hon. 
So, guys, let me talk to you for a second. I don't know if you've ever done this, um, if you've ever accidentally asked a woman, hey, when's your baby due? And she wasn't due. I don't know if you've ever done that before. I think the average guy probably does that one time in their lifetime, um, and then they learn their lesson. Unfortunately, I am above average. Um, because isn't it true that our words are very, very dangerous? I mean, all of us, we, we all received one of these buttons. I think they're going to show it on the screen. We all received a pause button, right? We, we know what it means to pause, but what we really needed God to give us was one of these, a rewind button. <laughs> Didn't we? Because isn't it true? Aren't there times when you've said something and you wish that you could rewind and take those words back? You wish that you could grab those words or go back in time just five minutes and not allow those words to come out of your mouth. And so this morning, if, if you fall asleep, if you get distracted counting the lights in the ceiling, if your internet goes out this morning, here's the bottom line, all right? Here's the bottom line of what I want to share with you this morning. We need to learn to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Quick to listen and slow to speak. Can you just say that with me? Quick and Now, church, if we could just get this down, if we could just learn how to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I mean, think about it. The regret that you would save yourself, the heartache, the pain, the money. If you would just be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to be quick to listen and I'm going to be slow to speak because our words are powerful, powerful things. I mean, think about it for a moment. Your childhood was shaped by the words that were spoken over you. Your childhood was shaped by the lack of words that were spoken over you. Your marriage right now is being shaped by the conversation that you and your spouse have on a regular basis or the lack of conversations that you and your spouse have. I mean, think about it. your relationships, everything about you, is being shaped by the words that have been spoken over you, to you, about you. Words are powerful, powerful things. And so many times we forget, we just allow these words to come out of our mouth. And the truth of the matter is this, all of us were born packing heat. Every single one of you were born carrying one of these right? And you didn't need to, a license to carry it. You didn't need a registration card. You've come into this world carrying this, and the, the words in your mouth, your mouth is a powerful, powerful weapon. And it can bring a lot of damage, or it can actually bring a lot of comfort and encouragement, and the choice is really ours. I, I mean, I know people who their self-esteem was up here but after a dating relationship, they've been pulled down and they don't even know who they are anymore. I've seen people with no confidence at all and people have spoken life and, and encouragement and words of hope and challenge to them and have raised their confidence up. Our words hold incredible weight 
to the people around us. And, and so I just thought, hey, what if we talked about that this morning? Because isn't it true our words aren't equally weighted? I don't know what the statistic is. I don't know how it works. But isn't it true we rarely remember the positive things that people say to us? It's very hard for us to remember. But over here, we always remember the negative things. We cling to them. We hold on to them. When someone talks about you or when someone says something negative about you or, or about who you are or about something you've done, we tend to always remember those things. But when it comes to the positive things, they're not equally weighted. I don't know how many more positive things have to be spoken to outweigh the negative things that have been spoken over our lives. Words aren't equally weighted. The, the source isn't equally weighted either, is it? I mean, I could say something to you, and it might mean something. But isn't it true the people closest to you, when they say something, that it holds incredible, incredible weight. Moms, let me talk to you for a second. Your words, they weigh about 400 pounds. Did you know that? When you speak to your children, your words, moms, they weigh about 400 pounds. Men, fathers, I don't know why this is true. Our words, they weigh about 2,000 pounds. There's something about when your dad says something to you, isn't it true? that it weighs so much more than what anyone else says. I, I've sat with students and even grown adults in my office and, and, and I've encouraged them or I've tried to lift them up or say, hey, think about where you were last year and, and now you have a job and now you have a place to live and, and now you have a direction in your life. And they'll look back at me with tears in their eyes and they'll say this, Michael, I wish my dad, I wish my dad would tell me that. Grown men, grown women, I wish my dad would tell me that. I, I wish my dad would tell me how proud he is of me. I mean, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Pastor Michael. But I wish my dad would text me or call me or, or just say, hey, I'm proud of you. Isn't it true? The source is not equally weighted. The, the words aren't equally weighted, the source, and then finally, the recovery time isn't equally weighted either, is it? I mean, think about this. This is why we say this. Well, <laughs> come on, I said I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. I mean, shouldn't we be back to where we were before I said I'm sorry? Yeah, I lost my cool. Yes, I know I shouldn't have said that. You called me on it, and I apologized. I said I'm sorry. Why aren't we okay now? And the reason we're not okay, church, is because of this. If you came out to my car this afternoon and I accidentally smashed your fingers in my car door or in the trunk of my car and I said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, and, and you forgave me, that's great. But guess what? Your fingers are still mangled. We still have an ER visit. You're probably going to have to go through some physical therapy so that you can move your fingers again because the recovery time isn't the same. We just think, oh, well, I said I'm sorry. I apologize. Why aren't we back to where we were before? Because your words are powerful things. And the recovery time is not weighted equally. And so we're going to look at Scripture because the Bible has a lot of things to say about it. Aren't you guys glad you came to church? 
you don't look like you're glad, but I'm glad you're here, okay? I'm, I really am. Because the Bible has a lot of things to say about this. And James, the brother of Jesus. Now, James is enough evidence for me that Jesus was who he said he was because check this out. James is one of my favorite books. What would your older brother have to do to convince you he was the son of God, right? My brother, no matter what he did, he couldn't convince me he was the son of God. But James, he didn't believe at first, but later on he comes to believe that Jesus is the son of God. And James, he, he writes this letter to the churches, all of the believers that are scattered abroad, he says. And he writes this letter telling them and warning them about the power of the tongue, the power of their words. And so for those of you who are new to scripture, maybe this is your first time in church in a long time, maybe you haven't been back, maybe someone invited you here, maybe you're watching online or you've never really read the Bible or you don't believe in God and and you know Jesus existed but you're not, you're not really sure if he is who he said he is. That that's totally fine. This is a great day for you to be here because James he talks about things that are very practical, very in your face, very real to where you live your life and so we're so glad that you're here today if that's you but we're going to be in the new testament the bible's broken up into two net testaments the old testament and the new testament and so we're going to be in the book of james and it's towards the end of the book uh, of the bible and so if you turn to james you're welcome to turn there if you don't have a bible if you don't have an app it's fine it'll be up on the screen behind me but we're going to be in james chapter 3 and beginning at verse number 2 and i just want to set this up i, I want you to know <laughs> James doesn't give us a solution. This really is just a warning. He says, hey, warning Will Rogers, you, you've got to be careful. This is danger, danger, danger. Watch out. Something's getting ready to happen when you open up your mouth. So James chapter 3 and beginning at verse number 2, this is what he says. We all stumble in many ways. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Yes, amen. All right. We all stumble in many ways. We could list them all out. James is getting ready to tell us. He's like, hey, there's a ton of ways that we all stumble. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. James is saying this, hey, if you can control your mouth, that's as perfect as you're ever going to be. If you can get control of this, that's the closest to perfection. Now, some of you live with someone who thinks they're perfect, right? All right, no elbows, okay, no elbows. But if someone thinks they're perfect, the closest that you'll ever get to being perfect is this, controlling your mouth. James says, hey, if you wanna find perfection, then learn how to put your mouth in check. We put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us. We can turn the whole animal. Now, James is drawing this incredible picture, and this is what he says, and I brought one with me. This is a horse's bit, all right? And what James says is this. How many of you ride horses? Anyone in here? Okay, a couple of people. I haven't ridden a lot of horses, all right? I've ridden like two, and they made me wear a helmet. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of place is that? And I had to put a quarter in the machine. It was really weird. But um, anyway, so he says... If you can put a bit into the mouth of a horse, you don't just control the mouth, you control the whole animal. 
He says, if you want to go forward, you can go forward. If you want to go backwards, you can go backwards. If you want to go right, if you want to go left. If you put this thing that weighs about one pound, maybe two pounds, into a mouth of a beast that weighs 750, if you're talking about Clydesdales, 2,000 pounds. He says, you put, you put something that weighs one to two pounds in the mouth of a horse that weighs thousands of pounds? And you can take that horse whatever direction you want to go. Something so small can determine the direction of something so large. He says, okay, you don't like the horse illustration? That's okay. He says, take ships, for example. Now, he's not talking about Disney Cruise, okay? But he says, take ships for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. He says, I want you to think about ships for a second. Hundreds of people on a ship, tons of cargo on a ship, winds that blow the sails wherever the, the pilot wants to go. It's steered by a very small rudder in the back. If the ship needs to go left, so many degrees. If it needs to go right, so many degrees. You just turn the rudder ever so slightly to direct it. Something so small as a rudder will control a massive ship. Something so small as a bit will control an enormous animal. James goes on. This is what he says. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. The tongue, it's, it's such a small part. Now, most of the tongues in here probably are four to five inches, and I didn't have a human tongue, so this morning I brought a cow tongue. <laughs> How many of you have ever eaten cow tongue before? Anyone in here? A lot. A lot more of you have eaten cow tongue than ridden horses. Wow. All right. <laughs> so someone told me they can make me tongue tacos on Taco Tuesday this week. So... If you're hungry for tongue tacos, come up here on Tuesday and I'll have all the tongue tacos you want, okay? But tongue, did you know the human tongue has eight muscles? Eight muscles, and they never get tired. Did you know that? They're never exhausted. Your biceps, they get tired. Your hammies, they get tired. Your calves, your chest muscles, they get tired. But your tongue, it's never exhausted. It can keep going and going and going and going and going and never stop. And I know this is gross, but I want you to see, look, James is saying this. Do you understand the power that you have in your mouth, your tongue? It's small compared to a cow tongue. It is very small. It, it is small, but it makes these great boasts. It, it has these great words. Greatness comes out of your mouth. And he says, I want you to understand the bit, the rudder, the tongue. All of these things are small, but they can direct the course of your life and of my life. Isn't that amazing? And, and James doesn't stop there. He says this, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now, James's audience would have had to imagine this. 
because they didn't have news or the internet. They couldn't see these forest fires or airplanes or helicopters getting glances or pictures or video of forest fires from the air. They would have to imagine that. But we, we all have seen forest fires in California or in Tennessee or in other places in the world. In fact, um, just a few years ago, there was an incredible forest fire in the state of California. And this was uh, a few years back. And I mean, hundreds of thousands of acres destroyed. Over 30 homes, over 15 businesses. People were injured. Millions and millions of dollars worth of damage. And about a day into the fighting of the forest fires, some parents brought in their son. And they said, tell him. And the son said something very classic. He said, I started the fire playing with matches. I, I started the fire playing with matches. James says, a spark, something so small can do thousands and thousands of acres of damage, millions not just thousands, millions of dollars worth of damage. People were injured, businesses burnt to the ground, all because a child was playing with matches. And isn't it true about our words? <laughs> hey, well, all I said was spark. And then my parents just went ballistic. Well, well all I said was spark and then she acted like her whole world was just burning down to the ground forest fire <laughs> well pastor michael i was just telling a joke i mean it's not that big of a deal why don't you have a better sense of humor spark forest fire isn't it true <laughs> something so small can make so much damage and pain and hurt. Your sarcasm cuts deep. Your jokes, they're not always funny. I know that from experience. <laughs> Your words can cause incredible, well, it, it was just one little thing. It was just one time, Pastor Michael. I know. It was just one little, it was just one little spark. And you didn't think it was going to mean anything. You didn't think they were going to remember. Forest fire. And here's the thing, church. You cannot create the fires that you've started. You cannot, excuse me, you cannot control the fires that you've started. Some of you, and you know this, you've scorched people with your words. You've scorched them. If you could see, they're walking around with third-degree burns because of some of the words that you've spoken. And you're not smart enough, and I'm sorry, and you apologizing is not going to fix all of the damage that you have caused. It's not going to fix all of the damage that I have caused. Why? Because your words are powerful, powerful things. James goes on. The tongue is also set on fire. It's a world of evil 
among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body. It doesn't just corrupt your mouth. See, when Lily talks back, I don't just say, hey, Lily, you have to go to your room. Your mouth has to go to your room. Her whole body goes to her room, right? Parents, when your teenagers talk back, you don't just ground their mouth, do you? You ground the whole person. Employers, when your employee spouts off at work, you don't just fire the, the mouth, do you? You fire the whole person. Do you hear what James is saying? Hey, you're not just corrupting. Your words aren't just corrupting your mouth. They'll corrupt your whole person, your whole life. The effect of your words on yourself is more than just those words coming out of your mouth. It affects your reputation. It affects how people perceive you. It affects how people trust you. It affects what people think about you. Your words can corrupt your whole life not just your mouth. So James goes on, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. The whole course of one's life. And is set, in itself, is set on fire by hell. That might be your favorite new verse. And, And don't go up to someone today and say, hey, you know what? Your mouth is set on fire by hell. Don't do that, okay? Don't hashtag that. Don't tweet that. That's, yeah, let's just not use that one. And and when James is talking, he's not talking about the literal place called hell that we know of. He's saying this. There's something evil in here. And it's coming out. And we've heard Pastor talk about this many times. Jeremiah, what does he say? The heart is deceitful above all else. Who? can know it and Jesus put his exclamation point on it by saying this from the abundance of your heart your mouth so James is saying do you understand there is something evil going on in here and you can tell what that evil looks like by the words that are coming out of the mouth of the people around you there is something so dark There is something so wrong. There is something so disturbing. And James isn't done yet. He goes on. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. He's saying, hey, think about it for a second. We're not walking outside and going, lions, tigers, bears, oh my, lions and tigers and bears, oh my, right? We, we've subdued the animal kingdom, right? We're not worried of a rhinoceros attacking us. Now, we know later on apes could take over the plant and possibly dinosaurs, but right now we're all okay, okay? James is saying we've been able to tame the lions, the tigers, the bears. Every once in a while there's a shark attack. Every once in a while there's a snake bite, but for the most part, Humanity has been able to tame the animal kingdom. But listen to what he says. But no human being can tame the tongue. We can't take all the tongues and put them in the zoo and say, hey, let's go visit them on vacation because they're so dangerous. We can't put them on a preserve in Africa and say, hey, we're going to take a vacation, kids, and see all of the evil tongues in the world. No one would pay to do that, right? But here's what James is saying. You can't tame it. 
you can just hope to control it. <laughs> Quick to listen. Slow. Slow. Pause. Wait. Delay to speak. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. No human being can tame the tongue. We've tamed all the animals, but we can't tame the tongue. It is a reckless evil full of deadly poison. I mean, church, just imagine it for a second. With this little microphone strapped to my mouth, I could just start dropping things right now. I could start saying things, and next week, Pastor Dan would get up here and say, and Pastor Michael no longer works here. <laughs> All of you remember Pastor Michael? Yes, right. And he's very apologetic. He's very sorry, but he's not coming back, right? I mean, I could start saying things with this microphone right now, and it would be the most memorable sermon you've ever heard in your life. You would never, I remember when Pastor Michael used to work at Bethesda. Yeah, but he lost his career, he lost his family, he lost his job, he lost everything. Why? Because of the words that I spoke. Isn't that amazing? It's a reckless evil. It's filled with deadly poison. And we just use this mouse flippantly like it doesn't even matter. Isn't that incredible? James, James he, he's finishing here. He says, with the tongue, and this is something all of us have been guilty of, or maybe this afternoon we'll be guilty of. With, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who've been made in his likeness. James is saying this, you come to church and you're like, I love Jesus, yes I do, I love Jesus, how about you? And we praise God and we sing what a beautiful name it is and we lift him up and we exalt God and we exalt Jesus and we extol him and we praise him and we lift up the name of Christ and there, there is no other name and how great thou art. We sing all of those things. And then he says, and then you get out on I-35. <laughs> and then you get out on 820. And you're like, hey, get it, beep, 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 right? What? Beep, beep, beep. What? Not me, Pastor Michael. No, not you. I'm talking about someone else. He says this. He, he says, wait a second. You praise God with your mouth and then you curse the people who've been made in the image of God. You curse the people who God said, I love them, that I'm going to send my son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for them. You curse them. But here, 1030, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. You're awesome. You're wonderful. There's no one like you. We get home. Facebook. Post, comment. James is saying, <laughs> listen to what he says. He says, my brothers and sisters, this should not be. And he's not saying, this should not be bad boy. This should not be bad girl. He's saying, this is unnatural. This should not be able to happen. And his verses next, back it up. He, he, he goes on to say this. He says, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? 
James's audience would have said, well, no, James, that can't happen. Okay. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? James, why are you asking us these silly questions? No, a fig tree can't bear olives. Well, then can a grapevine bear figs? No, James, a grapevine can't bear figs. Bananas don't come from an apple tree. What's your point? James is saying this. It's unnatural. It's unnatural that out of your mouth would come praise to God and then out of that same mouth would come curses or derogatory words or hateful words or deceitful words or manipulating words, all of these words would come out of the same mouth. If a fig tree can't bear grapes, then how in the world can you praise God and curse men? If you you can do that, that is something that is so unnatural. It's so weird. It's so not supposed to happen. And James says, your tongue, it praises God with one breath And then with the same breath, you curse men. Come on, brothers and sisters. He says, this should not be. Neither can salt, a salt spring, produce fresh water. And then the very next thing that comes is shocking. James stops. (laughs) The end. And he goes on to his next subject. You can read it. James chapter 3. He just stops. And and I want to say, okay, James, time out. You were going 60 miles an hour and you just slammed on the brakes and threw us out of the car. I mean, you've got you've to slow down, James. You, you have to explain it to us. You have to give us three points in a poem. You have to help us to understand what in the world are you talking about. And I think James does this on purpose. Because I, I think James is trying to tell us this. You have a problem on your hands. There is no prayer. There is no memorizing so many verses there is no well i've been following jesus for 40 years so i don't have a problem with my tongue anymore james is saying hey you don't reach a maturity level to where you don't have issues with your tongue you will be dealing with this till the grave this is something that's ongoing you have an ongoing issue i have an ongoing issue it doesn't matter how long you've been following jesus it doesn't matter if you have a microphone on your face it doesn't matter if you lead praise and worship it doesn't matter if you read your bible every day james says you have to be where guard your mouth quick to listen slow <laughs> to speak quick to listen, slow to speak. And, and so I thought, hey, you know what? I'll just, we can stop there and I'll dismiss this early and we'll all make it to Luby's way, way, way early today, right? But I, I, I can't do that. So just three quick things. The, the first one is just simply this. I just, I want you to remember tomorrow morning when you're sitting in traffic, this afternoon, when you're at home, you're carrying a powerful thing in your mouth. Remember, especially, especially, especially when you're mad, when you're frustrated, when you're tired, 
be aware of the words that want to come out of your mouth. And just pause. Quick to listen. Slow to speak. Remember. The other thing is this. Surrender. Paul, one of the other great writers of the New Testament in the book of Romans, he says this. He says, I want you to offer the parts of your body as a sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. This is your spiritual act of worship. And so maybe, and, and I do this on a regular basis, maybe part of your morning routine, and maybe you don't pray, maybe you pray every day, maybe you pray every other day, but maybe this, just this week, maybe you could practice this. Heavenly Father, I give you my mouth today. Heavenly Father, I, I give you my mouth. Remind me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick to listen, slow to speak. And, and you can do this with everything. God, I give you my hands today. God, I give you my eyes today. I don't want to be viewing things that I shouldn't be viewing. God, I give you my feet today. I don't want to go anywhere you don't want me to go. God, but today, Heavenly Father, remind me to be quick, to listen, and slow to speak. Remember, surrender, and then the last thing is just this, confess. Can you take ownership of the fires that you've started? Can you take ownership of the people that you've scorched in your family? I mean, church, come on, you're smart, you're smart. You know this. Some of you, you haven't talked to your kids in years because of words that were spoken out of anger. Some of you, you have parents that you haven't talked to because of words that were spoken. Some of you right now, Spouses, you haven't talked this whole weekend and you're just saving face right now and you're sitting in here and you look really good. You do. You look awesome. You do. But if you were honest, you guys haven't talked all weekend and it's because of something that was said. And it pierced your soul and you're wounded. And you're like, I'm not talking first. They can apologize first. I am not saying. What, what, if, you, what if you surrendered your pride today? What if, what if, just what if? What if you humbled yourself and said, okay, God, this isn't easy. But I'm going to be quick to listen and slow to speak. Dads, I, I said this earlier and you know this. Your words, they weigh thousands and thousands of pounds. What if this week you decided to use your words to build your family up instead of tearing them down? What if you actually looked at your kids in the eye and spoke to them this week and said something? I love you. I'm proud of you. I'm so glad you're my daughter. I'm so glad you're my son. What if you did that this week? Ladies, I, I know we look strong and I know we look 
good, okay? But the men in your life, they won't say this, but our egos are so fragile. And do you know that your words, wives, they mean a lot to us. What you say and what you think about us means an incredible amount. And what if, just for this week, what if you built up your husband instead of tearing him down? Just, just what if, just this week, just this week. Kids, that's all of us. It doesn't matter how old you are. Your parents, they care what you think about them. And it doesn't matter how old they are and it doesn't matter how old you are. Your words matter to your parents. And don't wait until there's a funeral and you said, I wish I would have told her. I wish I would have told him. Don't wait until it's too late. Why don't you call him today? Why don't you pick up the phone and say, hey mom, I was just reminded this morning of how amazing you are and how much you sacrificed for all of us all of those years. Hey dad, thank you for always working so hard to provide for our family. Thank you for doing things that I don't even know that you did, but as a parent now, I know the weight that you were carrying for leading our family. Dad, thank you. Thanks, Dad, for doing that for us. Church, what, what, if, what if we got this right? What if we started practicing being quick to listen and slow to speak? Let me pray for us. God, I know this lands in all sorts of different places for every single one of us in this room. God, I know it's brought up pain to the surface. I know it's brought up things maybe that we've even pushed down and buried for years and years. But God, we know it's true. Lord, our words matter. And God, many of us, starting with me, we have scorched people that we love with our words. And so God, I pray, would you forgive us? God, would you forgive us for the times where we just flippantly allowed words to come out of our mouth? And maybe we didn't mean anything, or maybe we were joking, or maybe we were being sarcastic, but but God, we know that they hurt and they damaged and they burned and they tore down the people around us. God, would you forgive me? And Lord, would you help us starting today, not tomorrow, starting today, God, to be quick to listen to those around us. Instead of just reacting, instead of just speaking more words that we're gonna have to apologize later for. God, help us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. God, would you give us the wisdom to know what we're supposed to do next? And then God, we know it's hard, but would you give us the courage 
to actually live out what we've heard this morning? It's so easy just to walk out these doors and to get in our car and to go about our day, but God, I pray by your Holy Spirit, sometime this week, sometime today, we would have a moment where we can just open up our hands and say, God, Heavenly Father, help me to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We love you, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.